Hey, Jay. Hey, Michelle. How's it going? You know, I'm drinking uh, strawberry lemonade, huckleberry vodka, and uh, Drunk Wives Matter wine glass right now. <laughs> Drunk Wives Matter. <laughs> That's nice. I'm wearing a shirt right here that says... Drink water, Drink. love hard, and fight racism. I love that. I'm also braless um, and pantless for all of our listeners. So there's a, little, there's a preview for you. Yes. Listen, I'm over here like the, I brought in a hoodie. From the top down, you know, from the top up. We're top up here. And you can't even, it looks like I'm very buttoned up. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's the Zoom mullet. <laughs> yeah. Business on the screen, party underneath. Party down, yes, party below. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so Michelle, uh, we Michelle and I were delayed uh to record tonight because apparently there were no batteries um at Michelle and Robert's <sighs> house and their smoke alarm was making that that beeping noise, that infernal uh -huh. beeping that just like and so She's like, okay, I'm getting ready. You know, I'm about ready. To oh, yeah, I was like ready. I, w I just walked in the door. I like had my night planned out. I was going to work from work. I went to dinner for a retirement party for a uh, co-worker that I used to have at my old job. And then I knew that I had to leave by like 745 to get home by eight to be like ready to go by 830. And I walk in the door. I'm petting Marvin. And I hear the freaking beep from upstairs. And I was like, I cannot record a podcast with a beep going on in the background. <laughs> oh. well, I appreciate that. You appreciate that. I'm sure the listeners appreciate that. So, so that, so now, so now Michelle's, Michelle's a little amped up tonight. I don't know if you guys can hear this vibe from Michelle tonight. But, I like, you know, I've got Janine vibes going on. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm, we, I'm we super chill. We swapped. Oh my god. Well, it is a full. No, the full moon was. No, um, it is a full moon. It is, it a, full is moon. a full moon. Yeah. All right, you guys. Okay, that that explains yep. everything. Sweet, sweet. Um. Okay. All right. So we freaky Friday'd. I have freaky Friday'd. Vodka from Yellowstone National Park with my stra strawberry lemonade, and then for backup. I have my favorite shandy from a local brewery um, <laughs> in a koozie. It's not summer. It's just called shandy. It's from Market Garden. Market Garden shandy. It is koozied up. Been in the fridge all day. Will be cold and ready to drink upon that time. Perfection. And yeah. I pre-smoked prior to this podcast because everybody I'm in my closet so you can appreciate I don't want to smoke in my closet because then all my clothes are going to smell like weed so I have to keep them the space separate. separate that's fair yes yeah I think that's fine luckily I think okay. drinking is one of those things that's a little bit easier to do while on the podcast except for yeah. I have the burps right now and I'm gonna try not to burp I also had Mexican food so sorry so gassy where i had sushi. Oh, i'm all over okay all over the plates um so michelle has prepared a riveting discussion for us today and she has very detailed notes i'm really excited to learn along uh with all of you guys about our today's topic and michelle Which is um, diet culture yep diet culture 
yeah it's a so bunch of bullshit yeah well and it's just super interesting because like when we talked in the france episode we talked about um like obesity and like something of that so it's just interesting you'll we'll kind of not touch on necessarily how it affects other countries like we're going to stay very american here because that's where i got most of my research is all like u.s based um, but i think we're kind of the most ridiculous when it comes to diet culture anyway i, th- I think you're correct about that yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I got lots of notes and I have a good breaking point. So if you kind of heard from our last episode, (laughs) plural last episodes, we're going to try to split these. We end up by talking for hours. And so we're going to try to split these into two episodes. Um, if we ever have a conversation that maybe needs to go longer, we could always split it up into multiple, like even more than two. But for right now, we're going to try twice a month having episodes out um so yeah we're, we have a natural breaking point here and we're learning as we go thank you yes yes thank you for, Thanks for your patience yes. yes okay we appreciate so, you so let's talk about diet culture um so what is it so, well are you gonna, first are you gonna i want to ask yeah i want to ask you though what do you think about when you think about diet culture Oh my gosh. What do I think about? Um, yeah. Like what, what's your experience with? Well, Michelle, I've been on a diet since I was like, I was 11 years old when I what is on my first official diet and it was slim fast. Okay. So that was my mm. first, uh, we're going to talk about slim fast in, into this. And then, um, and then I've tried Weight Watchers. I've done keto. I've I never did Atkins, which is basically like keto, except mm-hmm. I'll talk about, about it. Yep. It. Okay. Um, I've tried pills. I've I've done the whole. Um, where I why I keep saying I know I have an eating disorder is because I will do that thing where I just won't eat it because I'm not hungry, but also like, um. probably subconsciously it's because like i'm like oh you shouldn't eat you know you're 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 good like you don't need the food like you're fine your body will just you have enough fat that you can just sustain yourself you know which is really fucked up thinking and very backwards and i'm really working on not having that thinking anymore when i'm hungry i eat and you know i try not to overeat but that's another problem that i have is definitely that's okay binge eating overeating um eating when i'm bored like with the adhd i just constantly have to be doing stuff and so Mm -hmm. eating is like a really easy like I'm putting things into my, you know, I have an oral fixation. Yeah. So eating like food is like a natural thing for me. Always has been. Um, I don't, yeah, so that I, makes I, sense. Yeah. So I've tried, gonna, we'll, I've we'll touch on some of the, on yeah. like some of the things that you brought up. Um, yeah. and I think like, you know, it's important to note that I am not a medical professional. You are not a medical professional. We are no. just taking a bunch of information from various resources and kind of like, yeah regurgitating it talking about it um but also also like talking about our experiences right right but so if anybody listening to this has uh, an eating disorder or anything like that like i want to put some trigger warnings in because we're going to talk about a lot of diets Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about um kind of where diets came from and we're going to talk about 
like signs of diet culture. And so I just want, you know, anyone who may have an eating disorder or anything like that, like I just want to put a trigger warning in that you don't have to listen to this episode um, or the next episode. You can kind of skip this and that's okay. But, you know, make sure that you're talking to your doctor about it and you're getting it taken care of professionally. That I do want to say, because I feel like it's such a trigger topic. Um, Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, when I I remember growing up, my body size, because I've always had a bigger body, has always been talked about my entire life, especially having an older sister who is always in a smaller body. Like we're always Mm -hmm. compared and that isn't necessarily fair. Not that anyone did it maliciously, um, but it definitely shaped how I thought about myself. And, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I think took diet pills I've tried to do like I did no carb forever from like 2012 till 20 actually it might have been 2011 to like 2015 I think I did no carb and I lost a ton of weight and gained it all back but yeah so it's just diet culture is really really messed up but so I looked up what the definition of diet is because I wanted to kind of take it back to the basics. And so dictionary.com defines it as a noun, as the kind of food that a person, animal or community habitually eats. So your diet or, um, you know, what's an animal's diet. Um, Also a special course of food to which one restricts course of food in which one restricts oneself either to lose weight or for medical reasons. So that's where we kind of get into that, like not safe diet culture, diet term as a verb to diet. It's to restrict oneself to small amounts or special kinds of food in order to lose weight. So our ancestors, um, ate exclusively local foods that were in season and available, meaning that people's nutrients and diets were different depending on where they lived in the world. Um, And people's diets consisted of what they could find or hunt off the land. Right. But then as we kind of developed food preservation and refrigeration systems, um, people could consume more variety, which led to people caring more about what they are consuming. And then with the rise of social media, Diet, dieting and exercise has become a culture within itself. So diet culture, that's where we going to get to our diet culture. Um, diet culture is the pervasive belief that appearance and body shape are more important than physical, psychological, and general well-being. It's the idea that controlling your body, particularly your diet, by limiting what and how much you eat is normal. So you want to, you're fixating on what you're putting in your mouth. So some examples of diet culture terms include, or things are all over in American advertising. And and a good example, we have shapewear. So, you know, like stuff to make you look thinner, you wear it underneath your dresses and stuff. Um, Cheat days. Um, if someone's talking about having cheat days, then they're fully engulfed in diet culture. Uh, Barbie is a good example of diet culture. Mm-hmm. Sculpting spray tans where you're artificially trying to look better. And then photoshopping. 
Okay. So those are all um, part. Those are all part of diet culture. So how did we get here? This is the bigger question. We went from hunting and gathering off the land to now everything we consume is related to diet culture. I mean, if you think about the lemonade that I got, it talks about however percent natural the lemonade is. And that all comes from diet culture because people care about natural sugars versus artificial sugars versus yada, 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 yada. Right. And so the advertising and marketing has changed over time to kind of use those, um, I would say not those words, those like the top words within diet culture so that they can market specifically to to this. These yeah, trends. they're like in cults, they're like trigger words, right? Like, okay, right. So, right, right. So diet culture is a little culty, but that's because it's part of culture. And we talked about that in the cult episode, you know, exactly, um, exactly. Um, yeah, so you'll find those trigger words, um, and you'll kind of see, so I have the whole history of dieting. I have a whole timeline and we're going to talk about it. Oh, it's so yes. exciting. You know me, oh I'm a God, visual person. Timelines. We're going to start with the, the ancient Greeks. Ooh, okay. They were big on fitness and health. They thought yes. that a healthy body equals a healthy mind. It's obviously the birthplace of the Olympics. So they cared very much about athleticism. Right. Um, but that also means that they were based more on physical abilities and health versus okay. how they looked. Okay. So they focused more on what their body could do versus how their body looked. Which I think is super, super important to kind of think about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's almost like they were ahead of their time. Well, because are you going to, so I'm sure you're going to get to this, but I just kind of want to like foreshadow a little bit. The whole body positivity movement that has kind of stemmed from this unhealthy diet culture. Um, it's almost as if we're going back to this ancient Greek, you know, philosophy where it's like, if you're moving your body and you're active and you're healthy, you shouldn't care about what your body actually looks like. Looks like exactly. Because your body, you know, all, all bodies are going to look different no matter what, how, how much in shape you are. You know, I know right. some really awesome in shape people that just happen to be bigger in size and they're always going to be bigger in size because that's just how they were built and you know michelle has bigger bones like that is actually for sure her frame is I, just i larger. have a huge body frame yeah and it yeah it like now i can talk about it and it's totally fine i have a large body frame i took for granted how powerful my body naturally is because right. of my size like yeah I have muscle mass. My legs muscle. are so powerful. Like, and the, yeah. the walks Michelle goes on, like, like, so she's, you've always been so fit. And then when you were doing the whole CrossFit thing and, you know, working out and working out with your, your like personal trainer and stuff, like, it's just, you're moving your body. You're doing what it's supposed, you're what you're supposed to be doing. You're fueling it how it's supposed to be fueled, but it's not going to necessarily look the same way as 
as Barbie or like, it, first of exactly. all, Barbie is unattainable, by the way, yes, which you're going to totally. talk about that, but her measurements don't even like that. Like she would fall over. Like if she was a real person, she would snap in half because her pelvis, her pelvis wouldn't be able to support her top. And yeah, anyway. Yeah. So it's just scientifically impossible. So Barbie is just like a, something that we nobody can attain and but even like attain. you know magazines or celebrities you know everyone well, wants and Kim Kardashian's photoshop and but they're yeah. photoshopping all of that or shit, artificial though. or artificial it, or or it's plastic surgery right yeah like, she probably has butt implants <laughs> I, I i don't know I don't if she know. does or not but i feel like she does i don't know if she does i don't know i don't know i don't but yeah. we don't know we don't know we don't know okay yeah we're not saying Whatever. she does. We're saying we have no idea. She was just an example. But yeah, like, or it's plastic surgery. And like, A, not everyone can afford that. B, like, why? Why are you changing the way your body is? Like, why do people feel the need to do that? So we're going to go all the way back that. to yeah. 1558. 1558. And we are where in Europe? I think we're going to be in Europe, but I actually didn't. Oh, yeah, I remember. He's an Italian. I didn't write it down. Okay. But he okay. was an Ita he was, Italian. We're in Italy. So, so Italy. there was the first diet book, and it was called The Art of Living Long by Luigi Cornaro. Okay. And he suggested that you limit yourself to 12 ounces of food and 14 ounces of wine a day. Period. Sorry, 12 ounces of food? Yes. And 14 and ounces of wine. Ounces, Four, 14, 14 ounces of wine. Yeah. Okay. 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 So le more so, wine, less food, but also 12 ounces, you guys. That's like a, that's like one meal. That's like less than a meal. Isn't a beer 12 ounces? Isn't a beer can 12 ounces? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to look. Yeah. So but, 12 ounces. Yeah. 12 fluid ounces. So imagine if yeah. you put food in this can and yeah. that's all the food you can right. eat for the day. That's all Don't you, worry. Yeah. Your wine, though, you could almost have like a pint glass. Not quite, though, because that's 16 have ounces. Whole... You could almost have a whole pint glass of wine. <sighs> Perfect. Perfect. And then in, the 16, in 1614, um, I don't remember where this is. I want to say it was Mediterranean. I mean, it's it's so in it's that in kind of region. Area, kind of. Yeah. Okay. So they there was a book called The Fruits, Herbs, and Vegetables. And it criticized the sugary and meaty diets of the British and is the source for today's Mediterranean diet. Like the the tomatoes and the olives. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Which I, is really delicious. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I, love, I mean, I love if I liked food, olives, though. sure, but I hate olives. I so a lot of Mediterranean olives. stuff has olive, like, olives go in the ingredients to make it and then it just tastes like olives and i hate the taste of olives so i can't it does. i can't if eat food olives if are... olives have yeah if olives have touched it i don't want it it's disgusting i, I understand <sighs> that's how my mom is with green peppers she can't she can taste oh it yeah green pepper yeah green peppers totally yeah they also so have a they're, they're long lasting really flavor intense. yes yes yeah um and then in 1730 the natural method of curing diseases of the body came out hmm. by Dr. George Chine, C-H-Y-N-E. Okay. And he 
uh, went on this diet. And so then he wrote a book about it. And his diet was exclusively milk and vegetables. Um, And then after he returned to normal foods, he regained all of his weight. So he became a lifelong vegetarian because he believed that that diet was the end all be all. Okay. So he would still eat dairy. He was like actually a vegetarian where he yes. would eat milk. And- yes. Not vegan, vegetarian. Right. Vegetarian. Okay. Okay. So then we have uh, the 19th century, um, and this is kind of a cluster, um, but this is where we have the idea of ideal body types first came oh. about. Oh. Um, beauty became reliant on the visuals of a person's body. So the first time okay. people started caring about how someone looked came about in the mid 1800s, 19th century. Well- that would make sense if you think about the fashion trends of that time and how women always had to wear corsets. Like, I mean, that was always well, kind of a beauty standard. From yeah. So even the thin times. ideal with the form fitting clothing. So like, yeah, the corsets, the Victorian yeah. era. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk about two people. So I'll, I'll skip ahead. So yeah, the Empress of Austria, Elizabeth uh, Wittelsbach, Wittelsbach. Sure. Uh, sure. worked to keep her small, frail physique by taking long hikes, horseback riding, doing gymnastics, starving herself, and using emetics in- or induced vomiting to oh, cool. keep her physique. But she felt pressured okay. from doing that. Okay. Um, and this is also when we see the first diet influencer. Oh. I know, right? His name is Lord Byron. He was considered the most beautiful man of in the world by Victorians. He would have made one of those People magazine. I was covers. like, um, "Do you have a picture of Lord Byron?" I don't, but I can Google it. Actually, well, we Lord could... Byron. Yeah, not that bad looking for being in the Victorian times. I know. So, does he have like a wig and stuff, or is it his real hair? No, hold on. I'm gonna share this with you. Oh, oh, right, like. For that yeah. time, he's not that bad he's, looking. He's pretty cute. I mean, he's not all that, but he's not ugly. I would hit that. Which is saying a lot for someone who was around in 1824. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I guess he, he died in 1824. All right. But so Lord Byron had a diet that consisted of starving himself and then binge eating and then sweating off any gained weight under many layers of clothing. Perfect. Perfect. Which like I've heard of like wrestlers and stuff who are trying to make weight where they will like run with layers on or like work out with to layers on off. to sweat. Yes. Yeah. To sweat it yes. off. Um, yep. So he was also the inventor of the vinegar diet. He would drink that vinegar sounds- with water and eat vinegar soaked potatoes. So we see this practice now with the practice of consuming consuming a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar before meals. Have you heard of that? I've heard of plenty of people doing that. Um. Yes. Like apple cider vinegar, isn't that? Yeah. Like yeah. Thing? Apple cider. Yeah. Yeah. Take a spoonful of apple cider vinegar, and it will yeah. help curb your appetite. Oh, yeah. Blah 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 oh, blah yeah. blah. Um. Do so it. there, there are records of women in the 1800s dying from drinking pints of vinegar trying to as i was like pretty sure you're not supposed to you know drink 
drink all that. Mm -mm. Yeah. And then, and then we talked about the Empress of Austria. Yes. So yeah, that was in, um, 1800s. I didn't have exact dates. Um, okay. But then we go into 1825 and we have the first low carb diet. In 1825. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's the physiology of taste or meditations in transcendental gastronomy by Bilat Savarin. Savarin? Okay. So he argued that obesity is not a disease, but rather a byproduct of lifestyle, which I thought was interesting because that seems... Mm. I agree with that statement. Obesity is not a disease, but rather a byproduct of our lifestyles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not that I don't, but I also don't think that anyone should be at fault for being obese, but that's a, neither here nor there. That's just my personal opinion. Um, so also we can talk about what measures obesity. Don't worry. That's on my list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Freaking BMI. Yeah. BMI. Um, I hate the BMI. So this Billat Savarin, Savarin, that's what I want to call him, Savarin. Um, well, I really want to call him Billet because that's my sister's last name. So it's really hard, but it's B-I-L-L-A-T. And that's not how my sister's name is. Spelled. Oh, yeah. Billat, Billat. Billat Savarin. Bilat. Um, so he documented the idea of avoiding, avoiding bread, flour-based foods, and sugary and starchy foods. Okay. So this is thought to be the blueprint for paleo, keto, Atkin, and the caveman diets of today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so then in 1865, uh, Dr. recommends carbohydrate restrictions for the first or first time that a doctor is recommending it and it's called the banting diet because it was recommended um to this man named william banting who was an obese carpenter who had become so obese that he was walking downstairs backwards in order to prevent the knee and ankle pain so he would walk downstairs but it hurt his knee and ankle so bad that he would walk downstairs backwards so many doctors had prescribed william banting Exercise, medication, shampooing, and baths, which I thought was really funny. Shampooing is apparently was apparently a thing. And then like they had baths that like were supposed to like soothe you. I don't know. But so Dr. William Harvey told him to restrict beer, bread, potatoes, milk, and sugar, which I did not write down, but um William Banting, I guess that was like those were pretty main staples in his diet. Um and after doing that, Banting began to lose weight and lost 46 pounds in a year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's when the Banting diet became popular. Then in 1888, we have the Salisbury method, which was a meat only diet. Yeah. I was like, I've heard of this before. Salisbury steak, maybe. Yes. Okay. Yes. We're going to get okay. there. Okay. So yes, okay. this is when the creation of Salisbury steak came because um, in 1861, he so he believed in like chopping up meat and then feeding it 
to people like so the Salisbury steak is essentially just chopped up meat that's like made into a patty. Right. Okay. Um, So he called it the muscle pulp of beef, which makes me want to vomit if we're being honest. (laughs) 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 Sounds super appetizing. Mr. Salisbury. I'm just like imagining like you're juicing an orange but it's like meat (laughs) you're juicing meat it's the muscle pulp of the beef anyway so in 1861 he attempted to cure union soldiers of chronic diarrhea by feeding them nothing but chopped up meat cool yeah so that's gonna work real well just Uh uh-huh yeah i mean so that and that's yeah the creation of the salisbury steak um so Dr. James Henry Salisbury wrote a book called The Relation of Ailmentation and Disease. And he believed that food was the key to improved health and certain foods could cure illness and thought meat patties were health foods. Which again, meat patties, muscle pulp, I just can't. Uh, vegetables and fruits were the enemy to health. That's what he thought. Oh, oh. Really? Yeah. So all meat, no cool. fruits or vegetables. Um, and this is the first noted extreme version of a low carb diet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Could you imagine eating nothing but meat? So I'm curious, like what no. these heart diseases, like you know what I mean? Like that has to be yeah. so bad for the, the arteries. Right. So I wonder, you know, people started, were dying earlier at that time anyway. And so perhaps it could have been like, they just had a heart attack or a stroke or something because their arteries were just clogged because of all the red meat that they're eating. Um, Yeah. Super interesting. Um, But yeah, I mean, but then we're talking the civil war. So, you know, that is also just a lot of stress. So Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so that's the 18th. That's the 19th century. We've wrapped up the 19th century. So we had Lord Byron, the Empress of Austria, Elizabeth Wittelsbach. I just spit everywhere. Um, (laughs) You kind of have to when you say that name. (laughs) Right. The first low-carb diet, uh, more carbohydrate restriction, meat-only diets. So then in the early 1900s, we saw the term diet start to mean restricted food intake to lose weight or to change physical physique. So that's kind of the first time we saw the term diet be used that way. Hmm. I say we, we as a people, as like a people. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then in 1908, no, my 19, 1903, 1903. Okay. The Fletcherism diet, Horace Fletcher, um, this one's extreme. He recommended that people chew every mouthful 32 times or until liquid and then spat out all the non-liquid. Oh, he was a self-taught nutritionist and he believed that the prolonged chewing led to better overall health and reduced food intake. He lost yeah. 50 pounds using this method. Uh, I'm sure he did. And he also recommended only eating when you're good and hungry and to avoid emotional eating. He didn't say emotional eating. I say emotional eating. He said something about like 
angry or something like it's essentially so emotional he eating. Used some sort of okay. Yeah, he used specific emotions, but I say emotional eating. But also, this is when Dr. J. H. Kellogg, yes, that called Kellogg, the inventor of the cornflakes. Oh, Kellogg. Okay. Yeah, that Kellogg. Uh, do you know about Kellogg, Dr. Kellogg? Um, I don't. Well, are you going to tell us about him? I'm not. I, so I'll tell you the facts that I have, and then I'll tell you what I know about him. And this is not in any okay. sources. This is like from memory of hearing about him. Um, okay. So so Horace Fletcher was in Europe, and okay. Dr. J. H. Kellogg was in the U.S. So he was the director of the Battle Creek Sanitarium in Battle Creek, Michigan. So it's a health resort. So people would go there to get healthy. <clears throat> Like or okay. to it's like a spa, like, maybe like a or like a retreat, um, kind of. But I don't think it was as like fancy. But that kind of idea. Okay. Um, I, I guess I could also look up the word sanit. Okay. Um, an establishment for the medical treatment of people who are convalescing or having chronic illness. So chronic illness. So it sounds like more like a long-term care facility than like a hospital. Oh. Does that make sense? Yes. Long okay. care. Yeah. Long-term care is like like nursing homes are long-term care. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so he made up a chewing song to sing to his patients because he and he believed that Fletcher had done more to help the suffering humanity than any other man of the present generation. Wow. Okay. So he, I'm trying to remember, he developed cornflakes as like a dietary method for his patients. Maybe because it, they would have to chew so much in order to, no. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I that okay. like side note, he did develop, we should, we should, yeah, we should deep dive some famous people at some point. We should have like some people episodes because he is an interesting one. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So he, yeah, I, the article that I read like had some words of the chewing song, but I didn't know the tune. So I didn't feel the need to write it down. But yeah. So it was like a chewing song that he would sing to his patients to get them to keep chewing so that we could spit out the solid food and keep the liquid in their mouth yeah creepy I, yeah yeah so he was in battle That's... creek michigan okay so then in 1914 the first reducing salon opened in chicago reducing salon. yes so okay. they used gardner reducing machines which were like rollers that would squeeze you up and down on the body 80 times per minute it is one Stop. of the visuals in the notion if you want to look ah! oh my god no so it's funny because it looks like a conveyor it looks like conveyor rollers that are just horizontal the gardener reducing machines claim to help men lose weight women could be rolled at wf taylor's corset shop in san diego or the Bush Sanatorium in Louisville. Wow. There were no like um, recorded results though. Like, so I don't know how effective it was. 
but that's like the first time you kind of saw like a weight loss location um crazy to me and then i feel like true to the 1920s uh this is the time when we saw smoking to curb the appetite yes Lucky Strike cigarettes posted okay. ads of women smoking that implied or claimed implicit or explicitly mm-hmm. that smoking would stop the urge to overeat. Their slogan was reach for a lucky instead of a sweet. <laughs> I've, I've heard this before, too. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't considered an actual diet, but many people followed it like one. And in 2011, they discovered that some tobacco companies did add appetite suppressants to their cigarettes, including amphetamine and nitrous oxide. Oh, good. Right? Yeah. Don't worry. You could smoke and then die of cancer. Speed. Also, yeah. Mm -hmm. Take some speed. Smoke some cigarettes. Yeah. (laughs) That's what diet pills were. So then... 1920s smoking 1930s this is when we had diet programs this was the start so there were two notable diets in the 1930s the grapefruit diet also known as the 18 day diet or the hollywood diet it had a prescription of eating one grapefruit at each meal along with protein rich foods and vegetables Sugar, other fruits, grains, and starchy vegetables were to be avoided. Claimed a pound of weight loss each day. Believed an enzyme in grapefruit would catalyze weight loss. There's no evidence to support this. And it became popular again in the 1980s. Yeah, I was like, I I also dabbled with the grapefruit Fruit. diet thing. Diet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you had grapefruit mm-hmm. at every meal. Cabbage, the cabbage diet, that was also. That's next. One. Oh. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. It's okay. Trying, Skipping ahead on me. Trying to get ahead. We're staying in the 30s. That doesn't come to the 50s. My bad. Yes, I knew. I knew it was like. Yeah. Older. But so, grapefruit diet, 1930s and 1980s. 1934, the bananas and skim milk diet. It was introduced by Dr. George Harrop Jr. Okay. Through an article in the Milwaukee Journal. Its prescription was eating four bananas and drinking three glasses of skim milk daily and nothing else. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. okay. Four bananas, three glasses of skim milk. Cool. Claimed to lose six to 10 pounds in two weeks. 1950s, the cabbage soup diet. Cabbage soup. Yep. Um, they don't know who originated this fad diet, but it believed that eating cabbage soup made with other low-calorie vegetables, such as celery, tomatoes, and green peppers, would cause you to lose 10 to 17 pounds in a week. It came back in the 1980s and was known as the Dolly Parton diet. And then in 1995, it became popular again when it was published in Cosmopolitan. Medical professionals were prescribing this diet as a method for their patients to lose weight quickly before heart surgery. That's fucked up. That's really that's you're not eating anything like it literally it's cabbage. you're having cabbage boiled, soup again you're pooping your brains boiled, out boiled cabbage and it smells lovely so gross so gross it smells like yeah. a fart it does and then you, you fart put a in lot. a fart you and fart it out yeah you, you fart it out yeah 
Um, so weight lost in the initial week was mostly water and muscle loss. Once a normal diet is resumed, all the weight comes back. So some of these uh, more recent diets, I have like little caveats about why they're not good. Okay. I say I have, I found stuff from great articles, the articles that talk about why they're not good. (laughs) Okay. I feel like some of these earlier ones, we could kind of obviously understand what wasn't so good about them. But as we get to some of these newer ones, like Weight Watchers, which is next, which came about in the 1960s, which some people are still using today. Yes, Um, It's important to kind of talk about these things. So in 1961, Jean Nidich Nidich, invited friends over to her home in Queens, New York, to discuss how to lose weight. And then in 1963, that turned into the foundation of Weight Watchers. So the idea of... Weight Watchers is to track points instead of calories. When someone doesn't eat all their points for the day, they roll over to the next day, which I wrote down binge eating in all bold because so then what you're doing is you're starving yourself. So like you can only eat so many points and if you don't eat them all, you have starved yourself and then the next day you get more so you get to binge eat. So to me, I see that as like a restriction binge cycle. Kind of cycle, yeah. Yeah, which isn't really healthy. Um, so now many food labels. Go ahead. What? I was going to say they they've upgraded the program. Um, so they have like they still have the points, but now it's like you can eat all the fruits and vegetables that you want, like throughout the day. Those don't count towards your like daily points or whatever. Yeah. And so they have other food types like roast chicken. You could eat as much like roast chicken as you wanted, but then if you're eating so it's supposed the the new methodology is supposed to um make create better habits you know like yeah essentially yeah so it encourages members to eat healthy foods such as vegetables fruits beans and lean proteins by giving those foods zero points yep uh and now many food labels list how many weight watchers points are in a serving to help weight watchers that's how popular carb they have the whole carb um carb uh what is it happy carb whatever like the carb look low carb like whatever they had the atkins label on there for a minute and now it's like keto now it's all keto keto like whatever so it's just it seems like they're the trends of this whole diet culture what you're talking about from the very onset of when this all started to now it's like it's the same shit but just wrapped up in different packaging yes yes yeah and you'll see because like we're only in the 1960s right so how many more fad there's so many more diets that have come about since we have like 60 years yeah we have 60 years still of diets and weight watchers is still around and still going very strong i know i know at least three people that are currently in Weight Watchers or have been in the last year. Yeah. Um, So in the 1970s, we have fad diets and dieting trends. Uh, The wine and egg diet was introduced in 1977 in Vogue magazine. And it consisted of... (laughs) Oh, God, this one is... This sounds sounds horrible. I feel like, not to sound bad, but I feel like this was... This was made for 
stay-at-home moms. Yeah. Like housewives. Because so for breakfast, it was one hard-boiled egg, a glass of white wine, and a cup of black coffee. Cool. Yeah. You're having white wine with fucking breakfast? And coffee. What is this? Mimosa brunch? Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So then for lunch, you have two eggs, two glasses of white wine, two. So for breakfast, we only want only one. Yeah. Lunch, we get to have two. And then another cup of black coffee. Because that's okay. the only thing that's keeping you alive at this point is the caffeine from the coffee. Um, I feel like but don't wait for so dinner. Kind of evens out the drunk a little bit. Just Must maybe be. A little yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Then for dinner, don't worry. There's no eggs. Five oh, ounces of is steak. It just wine. Five oh. ounces of steak. Oh. Okay. Okay. The remainder of the bottle of wine that you opened for the day. Okay, so you so had one glass. glass. Yeah. yeah. One glass in the morning. Two glasses at lunch. So yeah, about a glass and black coffee again. Okay, cool, cool. So yeah. I'm I'm see I'm I'm hearing a lot of uh, so it's like basically it's protein and alcohol and coffee. Yeah. That's uh-huh. That's that, that's what we're so doing here. Okay. You're gonna poop. You're gonna sleep. Yes. Because you're gonna drink enough that like you're gonna go to sleep, and then you uh-huh. wake up just to have your next meal. Uh huh. That's how I'm uh-huh. seeing. You eat. Have some wine, black coffee, black coffee makes you poop. Then you fall asleep because of the wine and you've digested the one hard boiled egg. And then you wake up for lunch, have the two eggs, two glasses of wine because, you know, it's daylight now. So you're going to need two glasses of wine so you can sleep better. And then a cup of black coffee to poop out the two eggs. (laughs) That's just how I'm seeing it. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry about all the poop talk. You know, it's fine, but I mean that essentially, if you think about it, like that is what what's going to happen. Diet, yeah, yeah, they're trying. Like to just you like, immediately, okay. you have the black coffee, so you poop out whatever protein you had. So you're not your body's not even processing the. It's probably not even absorbing any of the like proteins or nutrients and uh, the very slim nutrients. Five ounces of meat, and then. Was it steak much- specific or was it meat? It was steak. You so five steak. ounces of steak and then a total of three eggs throughout the day. And why does it have to be white wine and not red wine? Like what? why is it just because you drink yeah. a chilled, it's fine. You just have your black coffee and your chilled. I don't know. But wine no. and coffee doesn't even sound that great. No. How terrible. That, sounds- that, that coffee has to be so bitter no. after drinking some wine. I don't. Uh, wine's what would you do drink also. the black coffee and then have some eggs and then drink the wine as like your dessert that's what i would have to do or do you down do the black coffee di- i wouldn't do this diet <laughs> first no, of you all you don't even drink i don't even drink one and two i was never a white wine drinker i was always a red wine wine drinker and i don't really like eggs like at all and i have yeah. to put shit in my coffee i have to like i have to have stuff in my coffee i can't drink black coffee no yeah no i can't i tried to i tried to like black coffee as like a diet Mm-mm. dietary thing but like right. it gave me so no. my heartburn it gave me heartburn so then i got it to the yeah. point where i like only had to put a, the minimal amount of milk in to like cut the acid and then i could and drink it could, and that was fine you could drink it but now i don't even drink coffee because it just i don't need it so it's fine it's bad for anxiety anyway <sighs> It is. Um, yeah. Then 
The Slim Fast Diet also came out in the 70s. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, which was a shake for breakfast, a shake for lunch, and then a sensible dinner. Se- sensible. Sensible. Folks. What is a sensible dinner? Yeah, did they tell you what it is? I don't I don't remember, but the no, shakes it don't doesn't taste say. that good. I'll tell you. No, they don't taste I remember that good. drinking some Slim Fast shakes. Um, this one's funny. They had something called the sugar diet. Because oh. apparently sugar was marketed in the 70s. Like sugar companies marketed sugar as an appetite suppressant. So Stop. spoil your appetite with sugar was the slogan. Before a meal, oh you have a spoonful of sugar or nibble on a cookie and then have your meal and that suppress your appetite. Cool. Right. Not true, but okay. Then, because you know how I talked about the wine and going to bed? Don't oh, worry. You could yeah. also do the Sleeping Beauty diet, which involved taking a lot of sedatives to sleep off hunger. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's it's not funny, you guys. But it's No, because people just... believed it. Like, people had, in order for it to have, I just bumped the mic, in order for it to have made it on a list of note that means that people actually had to follow it like it actually had to be a thing not just like a one-off suggestion i feel like you know people still probably do those types of things today and it's you know it's not necessarily like a crazy fad Uh, that's yeah it's just like people are like oh i i I don't want to eat i'm just gonna go to sleep uh yeah I, yeah. I, sometimes when I sleep is just a really nice answer for me personally, like not not for like hunger suppressant, but just if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm like, I'm just going to sleep. But I feel like that's different. Bit. If you're just like, I'm really, really hungry, but I don't want to eat because I'm going to get fat. So I'm going to go to sleep. I'm sure people do that today. I'm I'm sure. Oh, yeah. It's really hard for me to sleep when I'm hungry, though. So that wouldn't work for me. Yeah. But I'm sure there are people who yeah. force themselves to because they care right. more about their body image. More about, yeah. So, yeah. I, so all of these things, yeah, still exist to some extent yep. for sure, which is very sad. And then another funny one for the 1970s was called the Cookie Diet. Do you only? Eat it was cookies? developed by a doctor in Florida, and he had a mixture of uh, amino acids that he put in cookies. Um that he would sell to the dieters and in order to lose weight patients but in order for patients to lose weight they had to stick to a low calorie diet as well so the cookies didn't essentially do shit is what i'm hearing <laughs> he just they like just kind of some, like sold they them. just had some amino acids in them but you could probably get those from like i don't know eating real food yeah and yeah. he's a doctor i don't a lot of these people were doctors well, what do how, they know anyway? They were white. They were probably like rich white men. That's how they became doctors. Duh. In 1981, we had the Beverly Hills Diet. Mm. Judy Mazel wrote a book called The Beverly Hills Diet. Uh, she ran a weight loss clinic in Beverly Hills, and she lost 72 on her own. So she wrote the 72 pounds on her own. So she shared her method in the book, and it consisted of eating almost nothing but fruit for the first 35 days. Then there were specific rules on how to combine certain foods, such as protein with fat, but no carbs with protein. Mm. Which sounds sounds crazy. 
too many so rules, confusing. too many too restrictions and limitations like and hard to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Then in 1985, we had the Jenny Craig diet. Okay. So yeah. I didn't know this, but Jenny Craig started her company in Australia in 1983, hmm. but came to America in 1985. I didn't realize so she was it, Australian. So it was obviously more successful here in the States. Must have been. Which this offered personalized nutrition, coaching and meal replacements. Um, and those were like the pre-made meals that she would send mm-hmm. in the mail. But the idea was to teach people how to make healthier choices and then slowly wean them off the pre-made meals. Mm-hmm. But human nature is, you know, you're getting this easy prepackaged meals. It makes your life right. easier. And then when you have to do it yourself, you're going to just probably start going into your old patterns of behavior again. Exactly super disciplined and want to actually make a change right yeah in 1988 so 85 was jenny craig 88 was the optifast diet so i remember seeing this optifast optifast yeah that kind of but like i can like but i don't know if it's like a mandela effect where like i'm imagining something in my head but it didn't Uh ever like i like you know so it was made popular when Oprah pulled out 67 pounds of animal fat on a wagon on her show, claiming that she lost 67 pounds of fat on the liquid Optifast diet. After that show, the company received 100,000 calls. Yeah. So the method was to drink a high protein and vitamin pack shake five times a day. Listen to this, though. Okay. You want to know what the total calories were for all five of those shakes? Yes. How how many? Calories? Take a guess. For five shakes? Five shakes. Total calories. Total calories. 2,200. 420. What? Calories? Calories. You had to drink five what shakes a day. But it only totaled 420 calories. How do you even move after that? How do you even survive? Like you need right? like you need at least a baseline of like 1300 for um like women at men men and women are different based on like women actually right, need but more like, calories. But like I, I will tell you that a hundred or twelve hundred is like the bare minimum. Like you you obviously totally. have to talk to your yes. your a, a dietri- yeah, yeah, yeah. dietitian to find out your required calories. Doctor, like everybody's well, different. You can't blanket it, but at least 1200 calories, at least, at least and I think that's yeah. even like sickening low, but 420 calories. Well, that's disturbing to me because usually like t- in today's standards, right? So if, if uh-huh. I, I know somebody's taking protein or something they're they're going to the gym and they're they're they have all of this protein they're just like protein loading because they're trying to build muscle and like yeah whatever um they have they eat like and this is like guys that i'm talking about but the yeah. guys will eat like four thousand calories a day right and, right and it but that's so when you say that this is supposedly the shakes were protein rich and you know whatever high protein what vitamin packed yeah, what kind the, of protein? No. What kind yeah, of and what kind of fat? Because if 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 you actually had real protein and real fat in there, you would have more calories 
naturally because that is just how that's how the process works right so it's like what what were you what were you actually drinking oprah like what 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 no so fun fact within two days of pulling that wagon out she could no longer fit into the jeans that she was wearing because once you stop that diet the weight is gained back almost immediately so within two days two days she had already been gaining weight back she couldn't even fit in the pants she wore on the show oh wow! and in 2005 she admitted that the diet was a huge mistake uh so that's probably why we don't see them anymore they probably were taken off the shelves upon that uh oprah saying that they were a mistake i'm sure that because i'm sure she like brought them to light and then destroyed them unintentionally (laughs) or intentionally let's right deep dive let's we could talk about oprah that could be one of our podcast episodes she's fascinating she is fascinating we should totally do like a um famous uh celebrities just like um, just like people 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 of the world yeah that'd be good that'd be really good like deep dive some people and their history their story kind of thing i'd be done with that me too fascinating to learn about okay Okay. So in 1992, the National Institute of Health did research and concluded that diets don't work and the majority of people regain more of their weight, regain all or more of their weight within five years. Uh-huh. Yep. So that was in 1992. So we're starting to see some resistance to the diets now. Okay. okay. In 1994 is when U.S. government made it mandatory for all manufacturers to label nutrient content on every single food item. Oh, that really. So that was in our lifetime that 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 was, that, that yeah, was a switch. Well, and then I don't actually have it on here, but do you remember now restaurants have to have their calorie? Like that's even yeah. within the so last I know 20s. that was that was like within the two thousands. I would say was that, that the Obama administration? That. Um, I I feel like it was a state thing. Like it was like this on the states that they like because I know New York was one of like the first states to restrict like the sizes of how much soda yeah yeah yeah. i remember that yeah like and then there are other states like in the south where you could have like 80 ounces of soda 80 ounces of cola like i want to i want a liter of cola farva liter cola farva (laughs) (laughs) um i feel like in the south though they're drinking sweet tea not pop it's fine (laughs) whatever whatever just a lot of sugar like just a a lot lot of sugar just a lot of sugar in a drinkable form and listen i love sugar okay i love sugar just like the next guy but sugar is evil we all know that sugar is evil if we can hey, learn now. anything uh, uh, <laughs> oh oh i'm sorry i'm making i'm just i'm making michelle angry okay yes you are I'm feeding sorry. into diet culture by but calling sugar sugar evil. is not evil everything sugar in mod- is. can i say everything in moderation Sh- michelle Everything in moderation. Sugar okay. exists. It is a thing. It does not have a moral compass. Okay. You're right. You're right. Okay. So back to the timeline. 1994, you said. Yes. That was when yes. nutrition labels came on food content. Okay. Okay. In 1995, there was something called the Zone Diet created by Dr. Oh, yeah. Barry Sears. I remember. I this. didn't know I about this. this. Really? Oh. Uh huh. So it this I guess is where the macro macronutrients 
Oh, Come that's in. where it first started. Okay. So he recommended 40% of your diet be carbs, 30% be fat, and 30% be protein. Yep. So 40, 30, 30. Uh, only low glycemic carbs. And he claimed to improve yeah. many aspects of health, including athletic performance, although there was never any evidence of this. No, of course not. But I can tell you guys from personal experience that when I was tracking my macros, I was feeling great and I was doing really well in the gym also. But now I'm just like, eh, I don't track anything. And I also don't really go to the gym. So <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Then in 1996, they had the blood type diet. Uh, yeah, I've so, heard of that too. Wow. You've heard, I haven't, I hadn't heard of this. Uh, so a book called Eat Right for Your Type by Dr. Yep. Peter Diam Adamo. I've actually Adamo? seen this. I've seen this book and I had friends that were doing this diet. Um, wow. And they were trying to. That's, like, very, that's very Colorado. Yeah. That's very um, Colorado. They were actually from New Orleans, but they lived in Colorado at the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so it claimed that blood type determines which types of foods you should be eating. Right. Uh, yeah. Example type O negative focused on high protein foods and eating some fruits and vegetables while limiting grains, legumes, and dairy and yeah. completely exclude wheat and corn. There was no, yeah, there were no evidence of this. I was like, I'm successful. O negative. Okay. So, and I eat everything. Yeah. Everything. And it can deprive you uh, followers of important nutrients. That was sort of the kind of caveats right. to that one. It's, so it doesn't, it's like, just because you have a different blood type doesn't mean that we don't need the same types of nutrients or nutrients and microorganisms and shit that is in our bodies. Like, you know, right. we're all animals and we all should have the same enzymes and the same, all the things. Well, I really feel like they try to like, um, simplify our f like how food affects our body when I think it's way more complicated and I just oh. felt like they were really trying to simplify it and it's not that simple no so two years later in 1998 was the Atkins diet so funny though in 1972 Dr. Robert Atkins wrote Dr. Atkins diet revolution it wasn't until 1992 that he published Dr. Atkins' new diet revolution and began producing the Atkins bar that it started to be on people's radar, but it did not okay. really become popular until 98. Okay. And I remember, um, it, I remember when that was a big, me too. big fad. Yeah. Uh, it is one of the longest lasting diets in history. Wow. And so for those who may not have known about it, I feel like maybe younger generations may not. It was a high protein, low carb diet that included four phases. In phase one, you eat less than 20 grams of carbs per day. And that lasts two weeks. Phase two, you add more nuts and vegetables and a small number of fruits. Phase three, you slowly add more carbs to the diet until weight loss slows down. Phase four was the maintenance phase including as many carbs as the body tolerates without gaining weight. Hmm. Could you okay. imagine, by the way, you had to be glued to your scale. I just don't like weighing myself. I never have. And, um, and that's, again, that's a whole part of this whole diet culture thing, right? Like, yeah, I know people that weigh themselves twice a day, once in the morning and once at night to see how much. And I'm like, I, for me, you can you poop know, and lose a pound. No, 
I know. I was like, weight fluctuates for every single human every single day. Every single day. And it we, depends on how much water you drink, what, how much yes, water is in the how food. How bloated you, eat. you are. Exactly. And yeah, your hormones. You had, yeah. What cycle, what, what, yeah, especially where like you are for, in your cycle. For women, like, and our hormones are gray. And like, so we might be super bloaty because we're about to start our period and all, our body's like actually keeping more fat because we're about to lose an egg. And so it's like rampant. Our bodies are ramping up for protecting. Yeah, because your body's preparing to have a baby or preparing to. To get yeah, to get, get a baby. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't happen. So then it can lose all of that. And not to mention most of the studies done on weight loss and stuff, especially up until this point, were done on white males, not right, even so, women. Right. And they don't have any other um, ethnicities, ethnicities, which, you know, obviously gene type has has Uh some impact on um, and thyroid issues and like all, you know, there's all of these other things that have cause and effect on weight and the way that you look and all of this stuff. And so to to me, to have it be solved by what I'm putting into my body is that's just like a that is it's oversimplifying to... a very complex problem yeah 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 so because of the high protein and fat intake in the atkins diet there's risk yeah. of developing heart disease and fatty liver and initial yeah. weight loss is mainly stored glycogen and like so stored sugars and water yes. weight so like the okay. initial weight loss is just superficial um and again, isn't long lasting. And then, so Atkins diet was 1998. In 2003 was the South Beach diet. I remember this one. Oh, yeah. I did that one too. I forgot about creative, that Created by Dr. Arthur Ag- Agaston. Agaston? Uh, he claimed... Uh, he claimed that this was a doctor-designed foolproof plan for fast and healthy weight loss. Mm-hmm. It was similar to Atkins, but with less saturated fats. So I'm going to, it also had um, phases. It only had three phases. Phase one was two weeks of restricting high carb foods. So fruits and greens. Uh, Phase two maintained for as long as it takes to achieve your goal weight. And this allows limited portions of good carbs, like whole grains and small portions of fruit. Like sweet potatoes that it was like sweet potatoes. I remember yeah, eating whole grains. a lot of sweet potatoes. I mean, I love sweet potatoes, but yeah, I do. Too, I don't want to be forced again, to eat them. Yeah. No. Uh, phase three was no foods are off limit as a healthy lifestyle should have been developed. And if weight comes back, repeat phase one. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it essentially just puts you in this cycle of repeating it because you're never going to keep it off. You're going to have to keep repeating this. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing I want to point out. This comes into when we talk about BMI, but I want you to note that these people started diets, which means that they make money. So do they want you to be successful? If you're yeah. successful, then who's going to be on their fucking diet? Exactly. I feel and like they're created to be cyclical. With, and with um, South Beach Atkins, Pretty much all of these diets, they've created their own product line of uh-huh. snacks, supplements, whatever that are 
to keep South you in. Beach approved, right? Or Atkins approved. Yeah. Same with Weight yeah. Watchers. Weight Watchers exactly. has the same thing. Wait. And they were Weight Watchers actually has like their approved menu at Applebee's or like one of those mm -hmm. one of those big big box like around the the country chain, restaurants yeah. chain yep. restaurants, um, yeah. And they have the a lot of restaurants like that will have low carb menus. They'll have you know they it's 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 just it's just everywhere everywhere you look it's, it's just everywhere it's sur surrounds us everywhere and that's why it's so hard for us to get out of it i think because you really do have to reprogram your thinking like michelle's already been working on you know and you do have to re like completely yeah. rethink it yeah. and like catch yourself in the act thinking the bad thoughts which i'll talk about how to actually get out of it that's later it'll be in next okay. week's episode Okay. 2004 was called the master cleanse diet i do not remember this one it was actually created in 1941 by stanley burroughs but it was made popular by a book written by peter clickman in 2004 called lose weight have more energy and be happier in 10 days so uh -huh. quick get fit quick scheme quick. yep yep uh, master cleanse Master cleanse. So the cleanse went from vegetables and whole grain on day one to broths and juices on day two, only OJ on day three, and days four and seven were special lemonade, which involved lemon juice, maple syrup, cayenne pepper, and water. And the last three days were the first three days in reverse. Okay, that's that confusing. Super me. fucking um, restrictive. So the first day you have vegetable and whole grains, the second day you have broths and juices. On day three, you have OJ. Four through seven, you have the special lemonade. Right. Day eight, you have only OJ. Day nine, oh. you have broths and juices. And day okay. 10, vegetables and whole grains. Got it. I rem I actually have drunk the special I've had lemonade. that special lemonade. Me yeah. too. I've had the special lemonade. I don't lemonade think it's before. that bad. But I've actually. No, it tastes I think good. I've had it. I think I've had it as like an electrolyte replacer. Oh, I think mine was because like sugar. A, right. And the lemon yeah. juice and the, the, yeah. Um, I, don't I think it's it good, was with, but with some magazine article, I think that sure. my mom found and she was like, oh, yeah, let's, let's do this. And so then the three of us were drinking the special lemonade water as a okay. meal replacement, possibly. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it was. These were cleanses. So yeah, they yeah. It, you drink nothing but liquid yep. for a cleanse. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So now we're gonna get in 2007. There's something called the HCG diet, and then keto. Okay. So the HCC diet. Um, if you are any bit squeamish, uh, fast forward. Sorry, Janine, you're stuck. It's fine. Um, I'll listen. So HCG. Kevin. HCG. Uh-huh. I'm gonna tell Those you what it initials. is. Okay. Uh-huh. It uh Kevin Trudeau wrote a book called The Weight Loss Cure, What They Don't Want You to Know. I just wanna that's an us versus them type of thing. He's yeah. it's cultish. HGC is human cryonic gonadotropin. Yeah, uh produced okay. Okay. in a pregnant woman's placenta. Ah, ah, okay. Okay. So luckily, you did not eat a woman's placenta. You took HGC in forms of shots and pills and had a cool. 500 calorie diet. Awesome. 
it claimed that that hormone suppressed the appetite. People did experience intense weight loss, but then they gained it all back. And because calories were cut so low, the body went into starvation mode, clinging uh-huh. to weight once the diet ended. So super yep. not, not super a thing. Not Probably why it's still yep. not really around now. Gross. Disgusting. Makes you yeah. want to barf. Like, okay, I had a baby and they're like, oh, so in Colorado, right? That is something that some of the mm-hmm. moms they would do where they would get their placenta nope. made into nope. pills or uh-huh. whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't want any part of that. I don't want to see, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see any of this shit. Like I, just get, just get, uh, get him out, get out of me. And I'm done. I don't want to see anything. I don't want to No, no. So, I don't yeah, know why, but I, it makes me want to barf. Like that is probably well, more it's than fucking gross. It's, it makes me want yeah. to barf more than the pulp. The muscle pulp. The meat pulp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. 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 We're not thinking about it anymore. Now we're keto. Keto. Okay, keto. So nice. The ketogenic Yay. diet. So it was originally designed in the 1920s to prevent seizures in epileptic patients. Did but as medication. Yes. Oh. But okay. as medications improved, the diet was prescribed less and less. Okay. Um. It was brought back to light in 1994 when Dateline aired um, an episode talking about how talking about epileptic patients and how keto was used for it. Um, So keto is a high fat diet, uh, which is 70 to 90 percent of the calories come from fat. Five to 10 percent of the calories come from carbs and 20 to 30 percent of the calories come from protein. So dieters typically regain the weight if they don't transition to a balanced diet and it excludes entire food groups and is really low in fiber. That was kind of the problem with it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, It does exclude entire food groups. It's really annoying. Okay. When you're trying to like go out to eat with somebody that is on one of these. Mm -hmm. So fucking annoying. I'm like, oh, so what are you going to eat? You're just going to have some meat. It's just some. I'm just saying these vegans should all just start making fun of these other fat dieters. Just saying, if we're gonna call them vegan, if we're gonna call out vegans, we might as well call out other dieters. You know, like the. Let's just. You know the joke, like, how do you know if someone's a vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you. (laughs) Oh, how will you know if somebody's on keto? Don't worry. Don't worry, they'll they'll tell you you. exactly. I feel like it's the exact same thing. How do you know someone's on a diet? Don't worry. They'll tell you. All right. So in 2009, they had the whole 30 diet. I remember this. Uh, It was created by Melissa in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. I did the whole 30. I didn't do the whole 30 days, but I did try to develop a whole 30 lifestyle along with like the paleo diet, which we'll go into later. Um, But it was created by a husband and wife. It involves only eating specific unprocessed foods and excludes sugars, artificial sweeteners, alcohol, grains, legumes, soy, dairy, preservatives, baked goods, and sweets. You don't weigh yourself or measure yourself for the first 30 days. And then 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 after that, yeah, it does not allow any flexibility, which may lead to binging. And limiting grains, dairy, and legumes is not recommended unless medically necessary. Yeah. So the idea of like unprocessed foods, like, I don't know, I definitely fell into that, like, but I did not do the complete whole 30. 2010, the vegan diet. I think that sounds interesting. It was um, 2010? 
Yeah. Well, so the term vegan was coined by Donald Watson in 1944. So it existed. But the diet as a diet didn't revive until uh, 2010. Okay. So it's eating only plants such as vegetables, fruits, grains, nuts, and legumes. All animal products are excluded. Right. So the caveat is that studies have shown that vegan diets lead to improved health. And many areas, but not all vegan choices are healthy. For example, you right. can eat Oreos and French fries and call yourself a vegan. Correct. Yes. So it can be low in vitamin B12, vitamin D, iodine, calcium, iron, zinc, and omega-3 fatty acids. Yep. And it also takes a lot of planning to eat an adequate amount of protein. Yes. P.S. All those things that Michelle just listed off are pretty vital for strong bones and joints. Yeah. 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 So another positive for the vegan diet is that it's effective without cutting calories. Right. Because you could because just it's high in it's high in fiber. Calories. Yeah, it's right. high in fiber and right. low in fat. It doesn't have any calorie restriction, but yeah, it is problematic because it does limit uh those nutrients. In right. 2013, we had the paleo diet. I also participated in this one. Yeah. The paleo diet was yeah, uh the most Googled diet of 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I often still find myself. I will look up paleo recipes only because uh-huh. they fit like my desire. Okay. Or if like, if I have only meat in the house, I'll look up paleo recipes just to get an idea because... of where to start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it originated in the seventies, but didn't become top- popular until 2002 with the book of the paleo diet, lose weight and get healthy by eating foods you were designed to eat by Lauren Cordian. So the idea is that the, human body hasn't genetically adapted to our modern diet and to return to a more primitive way of eating. Uh, it includes lean meat, fish, nuts, seeds, oils, fruit, and vegetables. I definitely wrote this down because this is my biggest. Once this was told to me, this was an aha moment for me when I first learned it. Okay. The major misconception is that our ancestors were carnivores when in reality, they mainly lived on plant-based diets. Think about it. Uh, yeah. They had to yeah. hunt. Right. Hunting is hard. Hunting you didn't come across hard. meat so often. No. You were right. basically living off the hiding. land. Yeah. Yeah. That isn't the most readily available resource for them. Right. So they would be eating nuts and grains. And so anthropologists, and yeah, anthropologists found that a true paleo diet was rich in plants, insects, seafood, and very low in animals and animal products. Uh, insects and seafood. That makes sense mm-hmm. too, because- Rich in protein, tons of vitamins and nutrients. Easy to fish. There's a lot of fish. Yeah. There's a ton of insects. So, yeah. Exactly. Capturing those types of things would have been fairly easy for our ancestors. So if we want to make the argument. Right. Yeah. If we want to make the argument about what our bodies were made for, quote unquote, it's not meat. No. And sure not beef. Like for sure not beef. Because for sure not beef. Yeah. We're not like. The bovine family That's, was a hard thing yeah. to come across yeah correct correct so it because you think like that chicken uh-huh. pigs. it would be pork and chicken and yeah goat they would eat more like goat goat meat but i feel like even those would be like still kind of harder in the end no, but totally yeah harder like, to find yeah. but if you were in like south america or something and you you had just herds of goats and ra- sheeps and rams and shit like that you know what i mean like that's why I think in, in, in Greece, they had sheep and so they would have lamb, right? So lamb is like also um, in the Mediterranean, you know, type yep. style diet um, and fish. It's like fish, lamb, chicken, 
and then all the 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 fruit you know olives right. that's like a biggest fruit crop in the world olives I can olives say, are because it goes yeah. into olive oil along with yeah. other yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. and then in 2018 is intermittent fasting intermittent Ooh, yes. fasting also done um, that before yeah fasting has been around for thousands of years for different religious practices and cultures mm -hmm. but intermittent fasting includes alternate day fasting periodic fasting or time restricted feeding many studies show that it can improve certain health markers but is equal to a 500 calorie deficit in terms of weight loss so if you're trying to do it to lose weight just take 500 calories out of your diet and you'll get the same result okay okay right so now i'm going to go into why diets don't work they're not designed to result in long-term weight loss but rather to trap people in cycles of weight gain and loss this weight cycling has evidence to support causing adverse health effects uh 98 of people gain all of their weight back within five years Two-thirds of people regain more weight than they lost originally. And our bodies are wired to resist starvation. So we have biological mechanisms that kick in when the body is in perceived famine. Right. So it will turn down its fullness hormones so you keep eating longer when food is available if it believes that you're oh. in famine. It will ramp up hunger hormone so that you are more likely to seek out food. It will turn down your body temperature so that you're not burning as much energy. And it will reduce your reproductive function in order to conserve energy. Okay. So your body will automatically just go into this mode if you're right. If you're it's starving made yourself. to protect itself to stay alive. So these are what our body naturally does to protect itself to stay alive because its goal is to stay alive. Right, right. It right. does not care about your size. No. no. <laughs> No, it's like, bitch, we're trying to stay alive here, okay? All <laughs> systems are go. What are you doing to us? You're supposed to be eating, eating food. Oh, oh, wait. Nope, we're not getting enough food. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. We're not Brain. getting enough. We're not getting enough food. Therefore, when we do have food, eat more of it. Yeah. Store and when then we store don't it, have, right? Isn't yeah, right. and then it when we don't more. have food. When we don't have food, you need to seek out you need to that needs to be your number one focus is to find more food. Because we're not going to live if we keep going this way. If we can right. so find more food. food. Find also, food. I'm going to turn down your body temperature so that we cannot burn as much energy when we are finding that food because that food is most important. And then we cannot reproduce mm -mm. when we're in this state because we don't have enough food to feed us. We don't have enough food to, to feed, feed an offspring. Totally, totally. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of times um women will actually lose they'll completely stop mm -hmm. menstruating for months at a time when they're not eating enough calories and they're not eating yeah well and yeah. just like these bad diets can fuck with reproductive health all right so that is my breaking point for oh, this week i like it um so we went over the history next week mm -hmm. we talk about how to spot diet culture playing okay around you okay. and fat phobia and the obesity epidemic talk about bmi Love the health at every size movement okay and ways to help fight diet culture all right well i'm excited to continue this conversation hiya janine here thank you so much for listening to unlimited growability conversations 
be sure to subscribe, follow, and share on whichever platform you are listening on so you don't miss out on future conversations around our proverbial campfire. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Unlimited Growability, or you can email us at UnlimitedGrowability at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, UnlimitedGrowability.com, where all of our podcast episodes are linked, as well as the corresponding blog posts. Let's keep this conversation going. Until next time, stay safe out there. <laughs>